بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسائد الرشديف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد We all face situations in which we feel completely stuck about what has happened We all face situations where we regret the decisions we have made we all face situations where we sometimes think that if things happen differently, then maybe I wouldn't be where I am today. If I chose a different option, or if I didn't go to this place, or if I didn't say this, or if I didn't do things like this, or instead I did it like this, then things may have been different. If I didn't say yes, that I wouldn't be in the situation I am today. And this is a feeling which a lot of us go through. And generally, we know the hadith of the Prophet about when you've done something in the past and you shouldn't say the word if, if only, because that opens the doors of shaitan. We're familiar with that part of the hadith, but that's not the full hadith. To understand the full context of the Islamic guidance, and the beautiful teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I think it's important that today we understand this in light of the full hadith, the entire narration of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, to understand the Islamic guidance on this. That when you've done something, something has happened in the past, and you're looking back and thinking, oh no, right, why did, why did I do it like this? I shouldn't have done this. If only, and the hadith is saying, you shouldn't say the word if because that opens the doors of shaitan. Now it's not about, it's not just like the word if is prohibited altogether. There's a certain context in it. And that's what we're going to understand through the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu looking at the entire hadith. So the hadith goes like this. The Prophet Sallallahu has said, the stronger believer, the stronger believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weaker believer. The stronger believer, the stronger Muslim is better and more beloved to Allah than the weaker believer. And then the Prophet wasallam said, but both of them are good. Both of them are good. There's not one good and one bad. No, the stronger believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weaker believer. But both of them are good. And when we say stronger, generally people use this to speak about physical strength. I'm not saying that it doesn't include physical strength, but it doesn't only speak about physical strength. Stronger in all aspects, stronger in courage, stronger where you stand your ground, stronger where you're in a stronger position. You're in a stronger position that could be economically, financially, in a stronger position, not necessarily being rich, but being independent that you're not depending on other people, that you're in a stronger position. As a Muslim, being in a stronger position, regardless, whether it comes to your health, whether it comes to your, your mental health, whether it comes to your finances, whether it comes to your relationship, just being in a stronger position 
in a stronger position. This is more beloved to Allah than you being in a weaker position. That's what the hadith is trying to say. So coming back to the beginning, the Prophet says, the stronger believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weaker believer. But both of them are good. And then the Prophet said, Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk. Strive, strive to seek that which benefits you. The Prophet said, Strive, work really, really hard to achieve that which benefits you. Remember the key word here is benefit. Anything that's beneficial, dunya or akhirah, strive for it, work hard for it. Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk. Do everything within your capacity to strive for that which benefits you. Benefits you in the world and the hereafter. Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk. Strive to achieve that which benefits you. Wala ta'jiz. Do not become helpless. Do not become incapable. Don't think, oh, I can't do it. This is not for me. You know, it's too hard. No, the Prophet didn't allow any room for this kind of behavior. He said, do everything you can in your capacity and strive for that which is beneficial. And do not be incapable. Do not act helpless. And then the Prophet said, after you have done everything within your means, if something overwhelms you, meaning the outcome, you've done everything, but then the outcome goes against what you've been trying to achieve. You did everything. You tried your level best. You put all your effort in. But then the outcome is not what you expected. If he overwhelms you, then say, Qaddar Allah wa ma This is what we've been told. Qaddar Allah, Allah has decreed wa and whatever he wanted has happened. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, after you have tried, a lot of people do this before trying. Some, some people you tell them, oh, why, why, why aren't you doing X, Y, and Z? Oh, Allah di marzi. You know, Allah doesn't, no, no, it doesn't work like that. Okay. Oh, Allah, this is the qadr of Allah. No, Allah wants you to try. You work hard. Once you've worked hard, you've done everything, and then it doesn't work out, it doesn't happen, then you say, this is the qadr of Allah, not before trying. Otherwise, you're twisting the sharia and trying to fit it on your situation. Otherwise, there was no need for Allah to send us into this world. We would have just gone straight to paradise or then not been created at all. So the Prophet ﷺ says, the stronger believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weaker believer. Both of them are good. Strive to achieve that which benefits you. Do not act helpless. Do not be incapable. And after trying and making all the effort to strive to achieve that which benefits you, if the outcome overwhelms you and you come across a scenario that you didn't want, then say, Qaddar Allah wa ma Allah has decreed and what He wanted has happened. And then the Prophet said, Beware of the word if. This is where it comes. Beware of the word if, because the word if only opens the doors of shaitan. Beware of the word if, because the word if only opens the doors of shaitan. So now let's understand this hadith 
on the lessons that you and I can take. And this applies to every single one of us. Every day we face scenarios where we can apply this to our lives directly. Number one, the first thing we're being told in this hadith is to apply your best effort. Try your heart, put forward your best effort, number one. Number two, when you have sought to provide your best effort, then you try to provide the best outcome. That is your idea. That's what you want. You put the best effort in and you want the best outcome. However, if the outcome is not what you desired after you've put in the effort, that is when you come to this stage where you say, Qaddar Allah wa mashaa'afa'al. Allah's decree and He did what He wanted. Now, the, using the word if, generally the word if isn't prohibited. Where it's prohibited is where you dwell on your past. And you say, if I did this, then the outcome would have been different. This is what's prohibited. This is what leads you to the doors of shaitan. What's the doors of shaitan? Shaitan wants you to do two things. He wants you to doubt yourself. And number two, he wants you to fall into despair. And these two actions are paralyzing. And Islam doesn't want any Muslim to be paralyzed. What do we say paralyzed? Meaning you stop working hard. You stop moving forward. You stop trying. And a lot of us, when we fall into this situation, where the outcome is unfavorable, we've done everything we could and the outcome was unfavorable. And we think, oh no, if I should have done it like, I should have done this, I shouldn't have done this. And then that leads to self-doubt. That leads to despair. I'm thinking, oh, everyone else is going fine for everyone else. It's not working for me. There's no point. This is now. This is what shaitan loves this. This is what this is when he says, if opens the doors of shaitan, this is the doors of shaitan. Two things. Doubt, where you just start doubting yourself so much, so much, that you just think, I'm never going to be able to do it. It's not for me. I'm not the right person. Or then it leads you to despair where you just put your hands up and give up. I'm not going to try anymore. I'm not going to do it. Forget it. Just, just forget about it. What's the point? What's the point? I try and it doesn't work anyway. This is what the Prophet doesn't want us to fall in. And Islam, in Islam, there's no room for despair. Regardless how shattering your situation is. Regardless how difficult the challenge might become. But there is no room for despair. And this is what shaitan wants. Because that's what happened to him. When he was told, that's what he, 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 he had despair. It's actually the meaning of Iblis. is to lose all hope in the mercy of Allah. And that's what he wants you and me to do. So wherever, wherever we hear about, it opens a door of shaitan. It's generally referring to these two behavior patterns. Number one, self-doubt. Number two, despair. And that is what we need to be aware of. So the Prophet ﷺ says that at that time, you've tried everything within your means to achieve something. And the outcome wasn't what you expected. At that time, don't go back and think, if I did this, then this would have happened. If I didn't do this, then this would have happened. Because that's when shaitan exploits you and starts putting ideas in your mind of number one, self-doubt, and number two, despair. And it leads a person to losing hope in Allah's mercy and giving up totally, which shaitan wants, because that's when you end up in the hellfire. And that's not what we want.
Now, at this stage, we need to understand Islam has a very fine balance, very beautiful religion. Because what we're being told now, the hadith is telling us, like, go crazy in trying to make it work. Do everything within your means to achieve that which is beneficial. Whether it's earning a livelihood, whether it's creating and setting up your family, whether it's your career, whether it's achieving goodness in terms of akhirah, do everything within your means. Try, strive, as long as it's halal, you go for it. Now, once you've done all of that, what we're being told now is recognize the limitations of your efforts. And now you put your trust in the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because it could happen, you could do all of this, and the outcome could be zero. For some people, the outcome could be a hundred. For you, the outcome could be zero. But it's at that time, we need to understand, recognize the limitations of your efforts. Recognizing the limitations of our efforts does not diminish them. This is important. Recognizing the limitations of our efforts does not diminish our efforts. Rather, it simply allows us to be at peace with the outcome. Recognizing the limitations of our efforts does not diminish our efforts. It simply allows us to be at peace with the outcome, regardless what the outcome is going to be. If the outcome is favorable, subhanallah. If the outcome isn't favorable, even then, subhanallah, because you did not put so much reliance on your efforts, but you know that something else is at play. The decree of Allah is at play. And you've submitted to that. I've done everything within my capacity. Otherwise, we live a life of dwelling on our past. We end up living in our past. And it's very difficult to get out of there. And it leads to two things. Self-doubt. And number two, despair. And there's no room for both of these in our Sharia. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want to see any Muslim in self-doubt. And number two, living in despair. Because this is the life of shaitan. And this is what shaitan is whispering to us constantly all the time. That you, you're, just, you're just a loser. Allah hates you. You're never going to make it. It's, yeah, one is regretting your past. Any sins a person has made to feel sorry about them, to regret them, to feel wrong about them. That's good. That's something we need to do. But if a person is feeling so low that it paralyzes you from doing any good and moving forward, this is now the shaitan at play. There's a balance the Sharia is teaching us here between our actions. How do we understand human actions versus the decree of Allah? On one side, we have Allah's decree. On the other side, we have our human actions, what we are responsible for. So our role versus the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what we, so what we've been told, do everything you can to achieve good. If the good comes your way, alhamdulillah. If it doesn't, then recognize, recognize that you've done your bit. Yes, the outcome wasn't favorable. Don't go backwards and say, if I did this, then this would have happened. Because that's where shaitan comes in. Another idea to understand, sometimes what happens is you're working really hard to achieve something good in your life. And you can see it coming in your way. Whether it's a job, whether it's a promotion, whether it's wealth, whether it's a potential spouse, whether it's something good, whether it's, it could be anything. You're about to get your hands on something. You've been working really, really, really hard. 
whether it be results, whatever it is, you've been working really, really hard and it's about to come your way. And then last minute, right? Last minute, in the final moments, you just lose it. It goes away from you. The Prophet وسلم, speaks about this hadith of Ibn Mas'ud where Ibn Mas'ud says sometimes there's good coming your way and you're about to achieve that good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the most knowledgeable and he knows what's going to happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the angels turn the good away from him. The good which is coming in your life, turn, you've been praying for it, right? You've been praying for it. And you've also been praying, Allah grant me good in this world. You've been praying for this specific position or this specific person or this specific thing. It's coming your way. Allah commands the angels, turn it away from that person. Why? Because Allah tells the angels, if this person ends up getting this thing, I'm going to have to end up punishing him. Because Allah knows if this person gets this thing that he wants, he's going to end up falling into sin. Disobeying me, not showing gratitude towards me. In the hereafter, it's going to be an unfavorable situation for him. And then what happens is this person, he doesn't get this thing. It goes to somebody else and the person's complaining. She got it. He got it. I didn't get it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا هُوَ إِلَّا فَضُّ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ and the only thing you got as an individual is the fadl, the grace and the mercy of Allah without you realizing. It's a blessing in disguise. You didn't know, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't give you that thing because He loves you so much. He didn't want to end up punishing you, knowing that you will potentially use that in a way displeasing to Him. So to protect you, to guide you, to keep you safe from his punishment, he made you face an unfavorable situation in the dunya, so you get a favorable outcome in the hereafter. But you and I don't see this. And what we rush to do is start blaming our past, going back and thinking, if I did this, then this would have happened. Why did Allah do this to me? Whereas Allah is showering you with his mercy because he knows and we don't. So this is what the Prophet ﷺ is telling us. When an unfavorable outcome comes to you, after you've put all your effort in, don't let shaitan attack you by saying, if I did this, then this wouldn't have happened. No. Say at that time, Qaddar Allah wa ma This was the decree of Allah and he did as he wanted. This is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know, sometimes this can happen with the most bitter things in life. Look at the slander of Aisha radiallahu anha. We spoke about this some weeks ago in detail. Aisha, mother of the believers, was slandered so badly. And her reputation, right, at that particular time. And the things people were saying. But when the Quran comes down addressing Aisha and her family, the Quran is saying, La tahsabuhu lakum, bal huwa lakum. Aisha, don't think this was bad for you. This was good for you. Good. Right? It doesn't mean Aisha has to like the slander. You're allowed to not like the unfavorable condition you're in. But the outcome which Allah has made out for you, look at this, inevitably what happened. Yes, it wasn't good at that particular time. She doesn't have to like the slander. She hated it. But the overall outcome was the elevation of the ranks of Aisha. 
in this world and the hereafter, the honor of Aisha radiallahu anha. Many a times we face situation scenarios. At that particular time, the situation surrounding, it's not favorable, we don't like it. But this is the outcome Allah has decreed. And going on forward, there must be some good in there, which we can't see. You don't have to love the situation you're in. And we can take some, you know, Aisha could have thought, oh, I shouldn't have slept under that tree. I shouldn't have gone under that tree. She could have gone into self-doubt. She could have inflicted herself into self-blame and despair and just wallowed over it for the rest of her life. But instead, she took an approach where the Quran guided her and said, that was actually quite good for you. Although you hated it at the time, the outcome was that until the day of judgment, people are going to get guidance that when they come in this scenario, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. And if you look at the lives of the prophets, we can take so many lessons. You know, the prophets had really difficult lives. Have you ever thought about this? The prophets had very difficult lives, very harsh. No prophet had an easy life. Every prophet had a really difficult life. The most spoken about prophet in the Quran is Prophet Musa salam. How tough was his life? Really tough. It wasn't easy. These were the best people. Tough things that happen in life doesn't contradict your faith. Doesn't say you're a bad Muslim. Doesn't think things are going bad, bad per se. Right? This doesn't determine whether you're a good or a bad person. A lot of us think if I'm a good person, nothing bad should happen to me. You've got it wrong. The best people are the prophets. Just take Musa alayhi salam. Right? What a tough ride he had. What a tough ride. Two incidents I'm going to mention really quickly. First of all, we see Musa alayhi salam. Yeah, he comes across them two people fighting. And he wants to teach the guy a lesson. Don't mess with one of our guys. He goes and punches him. What happens? He kills him. He didn't intend to kill him. But that's just what happened. That wasn't his intention. He worked towards giving him a lesson. The outcome was not in his hand. He felt bad about it, but he didn't wallow in it. He didn't beat himself up and just despair and just become paralyzed and thinking, that's it now, I'm doomed forever. He realized, he turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He realized what had happened and he moved on. On the second occasion, we find that Musa alayhi salam was promised by Allah that carry on going, working hard. You're going to get Baytul Maqdis. You're going to go to the land, okay, where Masjid Al-Aqsa is. And because of the Bani Israel, did Musa alayhi salam reach there? No, he didn't. Many a times you're in a scenario where you don't, you're not able to achieve your outcome because of other people. And it's difficult. Musa salam was the beloved of Allah. He spoke to Allah. It was his people that were the problem, not him. It was the people and their misbehavior, their attitude, their ignorance, and their breaking of the commands of Allah. And when you're in a scenario like this, it can build a lot of hate and resentment inside you. You know, a lot of people think, oh, my parents didn't give me a good education. My parents didn't buy me a house. They should have done this when I was younger. They've not set us up. Or so-and-so didn't do this for me. Or my brother did this. Or my uncle. You know, we can wallow our whole life doing all these kind of things. And if it's going to paralyze you in a way where you don't move, how many people, how many of us for the last five, 10 years, this same rhetoric's been going around. Imagine those 10 years, we carried on working hard to strive and to achieve. We would have been so far, but this is what the shaitan wants. And this is what the Prophet is saying. Don't say if 
if this would have been different, then my life would have been totally different. Because that opens the doors of shaitan. What are the doors of shaitan? The action of shaitan, two things, self-doubt and despair. And this is paralyzing. It doesn't let you move forward. I conclude on mentioning one story. And that is on one occasion, Prophet Musa salam, he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Oh Allah, I want a meeting. I want to set up a meeting now with Prophet Adam salam. I've got a complaint to make. This is true, authentic hadith. I want to meet Adam alayhi. This is the first time Musa salam is going to meet Adam alayhi salam. Oh Allah, let me speak to him. I want to clear something with him. Clear the air. So Allah says, okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sets up a meeting between Musa alayhi salam and Adam alayhi salam. Musa alayhi salam says to Adam alayhi salam, aren't you our father, Adam? He says, yes. Aren't you the one that Allah blew his spirit into? Yes. Didn't Allah teach you the names of all things? Yes. Aren't you the one for whom the angels were prostrated to? Yes. So he says in that case, what drove you and what caused you to get us all and yourself expelled from Jannah. Like, are you feeling okay? Like, why did you, you had Jannah, you've got all of these privileges. What drove you? What drove you? What caused you to get yourself and all of us expelled from Jannah? Adam salam said to Musa salam, who are you? He said, I'm Musa. He said, ah, oh, right. Aren't you the one who spoke to Allah directly on many occasions? Yes, I am. Adam salam said, didn't you read in the scriptures and when Allah spoke to you directly, gave you the books that whatever happened was a divine decree that passed before I was created. Allah had already decided that I was going to be expelled from Jannah and all of us are going to be ending up in the world. Right, hang on, before I go on to this, let me tell you one thing. Adam salam made a mistake and he owned responsibility for it, didn't he? He took full responsibility for it. He said, Rabbana walamna anfusana wa illam tawfillana wa tarhamla nanakunna min al-khasirin. And Allah says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He speaks about the accept. Fatalaqqa Adamu min rabbihi kalimatin fataba alayhi. Allah says in the Quran that Adam made a sincere repentance and Allah accepted it. So he didn't blame anybody for the mistake he made. But then the outcome wasn't in his hand. He made the mistake. He took full responsibility. I did it. I ate from the tree. Oh Allah, you please forgive me. But now we've landed in a situation. He didn't blame anybody for that. That's what happened. So this is, I don't want anyone to get it wrong. If you do something wrong and someone tells you repent, you don't know oh, that was written for me anyway. No, you take full responsibility. But then it's landed you in a situation. This is the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Musa salam asked him this question. Adam salam said, that didn't you read that this situation that we're in, that we'll be expelled from Jannah, this was something that was written even before I was created. Who do you think won the debate? Who won the debate? Yeah, the Prophet ﷺ tells us that Adam salam he won the debate. He took responsibility for the mistake and he left the outcome to the destiny of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From here we learn the lesson given to you and me from Adam salam is rise onwards and upwards. The lesson given to you and me from Shaitan Iblis is keep sinking downwards and backwards. Which legacy are we going to take? The legacy of Adam salam to continue rising upwards and onwards or the legacy of Iblis of sinking downwards and backwards. And most importantly, there's so much more to be written in your storybook, in your life book. You don't even know what chapter you're on. 
We're acting as if this is the last chapter of our lives. No, don't let what's happening today define our future. There's so much to be written in your life storybook. Carry on striving hard. And then if the favor, if the outcome isn't favorable, then we say, Qaddar Allah wa mashaa'afa'al. Otherwise, we continue striving to better ourselves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.